This is Sound and Vision from KEXP in Seattle. I'm Emily Fox. Well, Taylor Swift has now achieved her seventh number one album on the Billboard 200 chart for her latest record, Folklore. It's also the biggest debut of the year based on the amount of sales in its first week of release. And for the first time ever, Taylor Swift has made it to heavy rotation here on KEXP. At the end of April, Swift reached out to Aaron Desner of The National to make an album. And three months later, the album has arrived. The album is being dubbed Taylor Swift's first indie folk record. I caught up with KEXP's music director, Don Yates, to find out why he chose to put Taylor Swift not just into rotation, but heavy rotation at the station for the very first time. For one, she's always been a really good songwriter, but I really liked it this time. She was more delving more into narratives and story songs and less uh, singing about herself, which tended to be the topic of that she was into more than anything in the last few records. And sonically, it's a lot more subtly rendered than the more glossy uh, production of her last few pop records. Yeah, and and I'm assuming we've never really played Taylor Swift ever on KXP in terms of like when you send out music or you put things into rotation, Taylor Swift has never been on the radar before for KXP. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm sure she's been played many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure she's been played, but it's never been like here she has an album out and we're going to put her in rotation. Like, I'm, you know, DJs can make their own individual decisions, but in terms of coming from a music director as a station, yes, we will play this album. That's never been the case before. Right. What grabbed you the most about this record in particular? Oh, probably the songwriting. I mean, there are just so many great songs on there, just one after another after another. There's all the songs approaching a, a love affair from three different angles, three different songs. There's the song about the... Uh, the heiress in Rhode Island. And, and there's just so many great story songs on the record. That was Don Yates, KEXP's music director, giving his full approval of Taylor Swift's new record called Folklore. Now let's check in with a KEXP DJ on their thoughts on the new record. DJ Abby joins me now to discuss the album. Hello, Abby. Hello. So what was your initial take on Taylor Swift's Folklore the first time you heard it? Oh, I mean... Well, I walked around my neighborhood and I cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what made you cry? Oh, I mean, I love Taylor Swift's songwriting. And, you know, there's always some lyric that's just going to hit you hard. And for instance, like My Tears Ricochet. I mean, that's where I started crying. <laughs> I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. because we've all been in those situations where we've kind of just been wronged and there's a lot of overcoming obstacles in this record and ways to insert yourself into narratives and I really I really like that about her songwriting in general so it it always hits you in the feels (laughs) yeah I mean to be honest this was the first Taylor Swift record I've listened to in its entirety Um, oh my gosh yeah I know I know I know I know oh girl I'm gonna send you some stuff (laughs) 
But what struck me is like knowing she has like, you know, you know, she's done everything. She's been in, you know, country music. She started off in country music and then pop. And then now this is kind of like a a folk like record in a way. Um, But there's some tracks on this record that kind of go back to kind of that. I mean, the sound isn't country, but the storytelling is, you know, where you're telling a story about a character or a person. And there were two songs that really stuck out to me. One was The Last Great American Dynasty, which was actually a true story about a St. Louis socialite whose second husband died like in the 50s. And this song kind of makes it out to be that she was to blame in the community for her husband's death. And like everyone kind of looked down on her. The parties were tasteful, if a little loud. The doctor had told him to settle down. It must have been her fault, his heart gave out. And they said, There goes the last great American dynasty. Who knows if she never showed up, what could have been? And then there's a song, Illicit Affairs, which kind of shows this power structure of an affair and the burden being kind of placed on the woman for having to hide. Make sure nobody sees you leave. Put over your head, keep your eyes down. Tell your friends you're out for a run. You'll be flushed when you return. What were your thoughts on, on these songs in particular? Oh, gosh. Uh, Last Great American Dynasty. I remember when that when I first heard it, I loved the line, like, she had a great time, like, ruining everything. I love that. And when I read more about Harkness... And this is this is Rebecca Harkness. Yeah. 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 She kind of just took control of her image for her. And I, I felt like that's kind of like Taylor Swift doing that as well. Because, you know, both were on these crazy platforms of fame and... I, I can't imagine like what you have to do with people coming at you because they think you had something maybe to do with your husband's death or every time Taylor Swift does anything, someone's going to criticize her for it. <laughs> like, what about, what about illicit affairs? What was your take on that song? I understand there's a lyric that stuck out to you that kind of relates back to Taylor's relationship with the music industry. You know, there's just all these choices that come up that, you know, were made for her. Like she talks about, um, you know, that perfume that she picked out for him or, you know, I think you can take it as this is her constantly getting patronized and told how to act and what to do. Like, don't call me kid. Don't call me baby. Mm. Like, ew. (laughs) Like, yeah. Who wants to be told that? I don't know. Like, even in my personal experience, like in the music industry, like I've been often told to settle down. And who, like, who would say that to a male colleague, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, like, I think because of the music industry, she's shown this glamorous picture, you know? You show me colors that I can't see, but, like, with anyone else, but she has to adhere by these rules. And now she's finally, like, breaking away from these rules and taking ownership of her, her truth, you know? And you want to scream, don't call me kid. Call me baby, look at this godforsaken nest that you made me. You showed me colors you know I can't see with anyone else. 
gender inequities come up again in a lot of the songs, you know, on, on Taylor mm-hmm. Swift's new new record, Folklore. And and I'm just curious, you know, as you've been looking at all the reviews of of this album, there's a lot of different takes on it. And I feel like those takes kind of depend on if you are male or female. Oh, my <laughs> what's, God, yeah. What's your reaction when you've been seeing just the reviews on this record from a gender perspective? Yeah. So first of all, I usually tend to ignore music reviews in particular because I just don't want to be biased. I want to make my opinion first. But I was very curious to see what would people say about Taylor because she's just under some crazy lens. And a friend sent me this review and she's like, what do you think of this? Um, A guy reviewed uh, Variety, like Variety magazine, said at least this one won't require an album length ryan adams remake to convince anyone that there's songwriting there and i actually kind of got into a bit of a twitter squabble with this guy um (laughs) which i don't do but like he meant it in a snarky way like why why would this need to happen but even just saying it i mean I'm sorry. Like for, for the record, I have never even heard of Ryan Ava- Adams' uh, right? cover of 1989. Like, everyone just talks about Taylor Swift in 1989 and how, like, all these people fell in love with her. Like, even Aaron Desner of The National or Bonnie Vera, like, we loved her after that record came out, and, you exactly. know? Exactly. And that's what that line pissed me off to no end. And also, it more talks about her collaborators, her male collaborators. Like, oh, what if, what is Aaron Desner added? What is Boney Bear added? And I'm just like, but talk about her songwriting, because it is so different on this one. And you can also see from her past records that she was going towards this direction. But in, like, in an article that I read in The Guardian that was reviewed by a woman, she talks about that because that's what I see, you know, as a woman, that's what I dissect first in this Taylor Swift record. But some of the, the male, the male reviewed ones, they're like, let's talk about this guy from the national, (laughs) the men involved in this project. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Aaron Desner of the national, he's, you know, I've seen a few articles where he, you know, he was interviewed as part of this project Mm -hmm. and, you know, the big takeaway is like, yeah, sure. He helped, you know, co-write and, and kind of developed the sonic sound of it. But like Taylor Swift was sending him, you know, voice memos for all the, you know, for uh, most of these tracks. And she had a very clear vision of her in her mind of what she wanted. You know, she was driving this project. (laughs) And for her past few records, she has always done that. She has always shared her voice memos with her fans because they want to know the process. And I don't think people like take that into account sometimes because, you know, that process is also what inspires like little girls to pick up guitars because they know, oh, hey, here's a process that I can latch on to. Okay, so another song that I feel like we have to talk about when we talk Mm -hmm. about folklore is Mad Woman. Oh, yes. And there's nothing like a mad woman. What a shame she went I mean, those are some powerful lyrics, you know, and, and yet at the same time, you know, you've, you've pointed out, Abby, you know, that this isn't the first time Taylor Swift has sung about something like this. You know, I understand there was a song off of her previous album, Lover, that was very similar. Oh, yeah. I remember when Lover came out and I heard The Man. She goes straight to the point about how men are perceived, like, 
You know, if they're out partying with models, they're seen as complex and cool. I would be complex. I would be cool. They'd say I played the field before I found someone to commit to. And she goes straight okay. through and I love how she describes like, hey, if I did all of this, I, then I'd be the man. But, you know, they would say that she hustled and put in the work. And, you you know, when you see these reviews saying, oh, these guys helped create what she is. If she was a man, they'd be like, wow, she put in a lot of work. They hustled, put in the work. They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserve. What I was wearing. If I was rude, could I be separated from my good ideas and power moves? And then Mad Woman, like, basically is like another layer of this, just saying if she ever explains herself, she's crazy. And there's no way out of that. There's something about the word crazy that instantly, like, takes away any power anyone has anything to say. And then if you're angry, you're not right for being angry because there's this assumption that every woman should smile. And mm -hmm. yeah, no matter what you do, if it isn't like something perceived as positive, you're crazy. You're, oh, you're angry. You're not allowed to get angry. Every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. What about that? And when you say I seem angry, I get more I mean, Taylor Swift, again, she started her career as a country singer. You know, she she dominated the pop world when she decided to switch genres again. And here she is, you know, kind of in the folk realm. What do you think it is about Taylor Swift that allows her to be able to succeed in so many different genres and be able to be so maneuverable? I think she's super passionate about her songwriting and constantly trying to create something new. You know, I think that passion is also genius. Like, Look at Kanye West, for instance. He's changed genres a bit, 808 and Heartbreaks. And people said, wow, he's a genius. Well, hmm. so is Taylor Swift. David Bowie, how many times did he change genres? And they're like, genius. And Taylor Swift has changed. And she is able to do it because she loves to bring in people that inspire her as well. But she also is constantly trying to change her narratives and listen you know, to the world around her, but also do it from this, from a female perspective. Yeah. You know, what about this idea? Because I saw a lot of um, headlines of like, Taylor Swift puts out an indie folk oh, record. God. And I'm <laughs> like, that just makes me want to vomit. <laughs> but, but it's like, okay, when I think indie, I think independent. I don't yeah. think the highest paid female artist of 2019 is making an indie record. <laughs> yeah, because I think so many people have taken the word indie and have made it a weird category of bros making sad music <laughs> like you know <laughs> like i think of india's independent record labels like that's that's just it i don't necessarily like go oh yes let me please attach this certain genre to it i think everything's on a spectrum and you know because she collaborated with the national for some reason they've attached that to it and <laughs> and i think they're also trying to fuel that word as a way of discrediting her, 
you know mm. i think it's another way to be like oh well the national helped you out like aaron desner helped you out bony bear helped you out so you're trying to be indie like she's trying to be something that she's not but really she's just experimenting how would you like how would you define what this record is in terms of what it is sonically if you were to put a genre on it it's still pop in my opinion but it's her Joni Mitchell record. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and also Joni Mitchell like changed a lot over time too. I, all I can think of is there's this one song called like lucky girl and it's super pop. And it, it's like, she was trying to experiment with that. And this is pop, but infused with more like classical flourishes underneath like orchestration. So maybe it's her like Baroque pop record. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Well, DJ Abby, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore, which is in heavy rotation here on KEXP. Thanks so much, Abby. Thank you. Well, that was Sound and Vision. And despite playing Taylor Swift on our airwaves, KEXP is an independent, non-commercial, publicly funded station. And Friday marks our one-day summer fun drive. Please consider giving a one-time $20 donation to support this podcast at kexp.org slash sound. The majority of our funding comes from listeners. Again, you can give by giving at kexp.org slash sound. And it would also mean a lot if you took a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We don't really have a budget for advertising this podcast. So it is up to you to spread the word. You do that by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. But most of all, thank you so much for listening.